Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome in to a brand new episode of White Label American Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. If you're here, you made it to a brand new year. And uh, thanks so much for tuning in to White Label American. We really appreciate all the support we've been getting from our listeners, whether it's through Patreon, buying us a cup of coffee, or buying our merchandise. You are not only supporting us, but you are also supporting small and veteran-owned businesses. And we can't thank you enough. If you are new to the podcast or a returning listener, you can also support us on Patreon for as little as $3 per month. You'll get access to loads of bonus content, and you can help us out by sharing our content with your friends and even your enemies. Share it. And on your socials and giving us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Really appreciate it. So please do it because it's the right thing to do. You can also be a part of our show by sending your story via the contact form at www.whitelabelamerican.com or send an email via um whitelabelamerican at gmail.com or leave a voice note on the website. So, enough of that. Let's meet today's guest. I know that's why you all are here. And that's why I'm here too. Today's story that you're going to hear is not an average immigrant story. It's a story from one of the dearest people that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. He actually knew me before I began this podcast. So it was there at the beginning. And um, he's a brother who has stood in front of the mirror and decided to share with the world what he owned up to. And not many of us tend to do that. So there's so much that we can learn from this brother. We can learn a thing or two from him. And I will allow him to introduce himself because um, it's, it's just a lot from this gentleman and uh, I, I, I don't think I, I think I might be tongue struck if I attempt to even go that route, but I, I just have a big amount of respect for our guest today. So please do me the honors of introducing yourself. Uh, drum roll. Drum roll. Uh, <laughs> hi guys, uh, my name is Benny, Benny Johnson. Um, yeah, I'm a Raphael's friend from, uh, the, the, what was it? from the Real Madrid uh, club back in uh that was what 2015 i believe yes 2015. yeah so we met um at uh the real madrid uh official fan club and we were watching games together i think we watched like uh classico together a couple games champ champion no did we watch champions league maybe well, probably we did, did. did watch champions league and I remember when he started the podcast, uh, he tried to get me as the guest, but at the time I wasn't ready. 
Uh, I was dodging him. I'm sorry, Raphael. I nah, did. Nah. I did for years. <laughs> I mean, I did get you a good guest. Oh, yeah, so, you did. Yeah. You did. So trying to, you know. You still uh, supported. Yeah, try, try to support, you know, like the, the cause. Uh, and when it was time for me to get my own podcast, I came to OU and told you, you know, what was going on in my life and that, that I was ready to, uh, you know, share with the world what, what, uh, what, uh, has been going on with me and that I wanted to start a podcast, uh, you know, about addiction and recovery, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, yeah, I, uh, uh, I'm in recovery as of today, exactly day for day. I've been six months sober. My sober date is July 12th. Today is July, as we're recording, is uh, January 12th. Yeah, so that's six months, day for day. Uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, that's that's it for, for now. You know, you, you're probably going to ask me to tell my story or something. I don't know. Like, yeah, I just yeah, don't we're going to gonna dive into Yeah, that. I don't want to explain too much. No, 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 yeah. that's fine. That's fine. We'll start there. You know, we'll save all the juice for, you know, as we as we go along. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll extract as we keep moving on. Mm-hmm. So, welcome to the show officially, and thank you for joining us. We are honored to have you here. And um, let's start with your names, Benny Johnson. Mm-hmm. So, the how, how how many times have people called you Benjamin? Oh, Benny, like. I lost count. I lost that battle. So, like, when people call me Benji or, you know, uh, Benjamin, I, I hate Benjamin. I will correct. But when they call me Benji, I let it slide because my name is spelled B-E-N-Y-I. So, when people see the I, the Y, they think it's a J. Yeah, like a I think G. I had that mistake yeah, too. Yeah, so, you. you know, I, I, I lost that battle, like, years ago. Like, going from college, like, as soon as I move, I try to correct. At one point, I was like, you know what? It's close enough, man. Like, I, you know, <laughs> the funny part that pissed me off is when my name is spelled on Facebook and people hit me up on Facebook and still misspell it. I'm like, the name is just... <laughs> above you wow. like come yeah, on right man. it's right like, there in front of you it's, it's right, right there in front of there. you i understand like you know they will still misspell it i'm like oh like when i send them my name we don't do well right and mm-hmm. they save it and the next time they text me they spell it like you know b-e-n-n-y or like you know b-e-a-n-n-i-e whatever spelling they have oh man i'm like wow you know but what can i do you know? ah, pick 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 names. your battles ah, right? i know right so, uh, can you tell us the meaning of your name and the history behind mm-hmm. your name? So, my Benny is actually my middle name. My first name is Kwajo. So, we are like, uh, my dad is Togolese. Uh, that's, those names are Eves. So, Kwajo is the name that you give to somebody who was born on Monday. Oh. Uh, I was born, I was born on, on Monday, too. Yeah. So... so Oh, so for Togolese, Kwajo is uh, so is that is that the same as Kojo? Kojo, yeah, it's a variation of Kojo. So okay. Kojo, Kujo, Kwajo are variation of like the same name basically, and they're all given to people who are born on Monday, and they come basically from the Akans tribe. The Eves are like a subdivision of the Akans, so people Akans are found in Togo, Benin, a part of Nigeria, Ghana. Uh, Ivory Coast, uh, yeah, basically the Gulf of Guinea, like that part of uh, of Africa. And uh, Benny, he means uh, the first of the generation. So I'm not the, I'm not only the um, oldest of my family, I'm the oldest of my cousins. 
Wow. So, yeah. So, you know, like, uh, it's the name that... So, basically, in the FA, every name has, like, a meaning. For example, you know, uh, when somebody's name is uh, Yao, he was born on Thursday. Coffee was born on Friday, you know. Uh, and also, the second name in it is... Um, is the status of the family, like Ampa, for example. You know, he's the oldest of the family. Maison, you know, he's the third son of the family. So when somebody tells you their name, you know, like, you can have an idea of, like, how many members of the family they like. You know, when somebody tells you his name is Maison, like, you know, he has two older brothers, you know, oh. like that kind of stuff. So, okay. you know, even when the... I forgot the name for twins, but they have even names for twins yeah. and which one is the oldest of the mm -hmm. twins. So once you meet somebody with that name, you know they have a twin brother or twin sister. Yeah, I, I, I forgot the uh, our names for twins yeah. on the Jaws side, but um, Yoruba name for twins are more um, popular, the Taiwan Kende. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Taiwo is the first. Because I think I said Taiwo first. So I think, yeah, Taiwo might be the first. First, yeah. Yeah, so it might be the oldest. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, Kainde might be the youngest. So even the Yoruba have that system, which is funny, you know. I love it. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it's, it's interesting. It's a very... Because all names have meaning. Mm -hmm. Even, like, you know... For example, Sarah means princess in Hebrew. Like Victor is from Victory. Like you know, in uh, in uh, in um, how you call it in uh, Latin, you know, victorious. Like you know, all names have meanings, and the, the power of your name. Sometimes you know, I I believe that the power of a name can influence, like you know, like somebody's personality. You know. Yeah. 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 I, I believe that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Raphael is a Hebrew name, mm -hmm. and. Uh, um, um, my middle name, or in life, uh, uh, I still believe that that meaning it's uh, uh, Christianity tampered with the meaning because, mm -hmm. uh, one of the meanings is uh, that I do that I know is nothing supersedes God, and then sometimes I've been told nothing supersedes a greater being. Mm, interesting, yeah, so. And there's uh, also a variation which is Tubo Dainfa, which my cousin uh, goes by. So the short out, the short is uh, Dainfa, like the short for mine is Laifa. Mm, okay. Which is um, which you you've seen? Yeah, I've seen Laifa yeah, around. You, yeah. You've seen that? I don't want to say where I've because there's some. I don't want somebody to find me. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know where I use that name. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's uh that that's the shorter version of. My traditional name. Okay. Yeah, my tribal name, I mean. So, um, and even my, my last name, Harry. Harry is a Celt, uh, Celtic name. Mm -hmm. But it's the same as Henry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Harry and Henry have the same Same, name. like, uh, roots, yeah. right? Yeah, Celtic. It's a, yeah. A, a rich, powerful lord. Wait, there are, like, a lot of Harrys in Nigeria? Yeah. Um, my tribe actually has, um, but in my state, we are not big. Mm -hmm. But the next door state, there's a large Harry clan. So, like, mm -hmm. if I meet... Somebody from my or people who are familiar with my area, mm -hmm. they always think I'm from the next door state. Oh, okay. Me, when they see my names, they're like, "Oh, you're, you're one of the Harrys." Oh, Harrys. They always associate me with the next door yeah. state because there's a lot of Harrys there. Yeah. 
But when, when I'm like, oh, I'm not from there, they're like, what? There's Harry's in, way in your state? Like, yeah. wow, that, that, that's rare. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. But actually, it's because uh, my was my grandfather, my great-grandfather that changed our name. It's supposed to be A-R-I. A-R-I. Okay. Yeah. We fall into that one of those categories of mm-hmm. people who they claim the white man couldn't pronounce A R I. Yeah, they're like Harry. Harry. Yeah. And by the time I was born, you know, they, they didn't change it. So that's how I ended up with Harry. Okay. So, yeah, we're not officially Harry's. That's why it's, an, uh, abnormal, it's not. It's a rarity, mm. and it makes sense why people are always shocked. Like, oh, there's Harrys, and there, there a few of my uncles. Um, I think one or two of my uncles changed their names. Like, even because I have uncles in Ghana, mm-hmm. you know, my grandfather was in Ghana, and uh, yeah, if, for those of you who don't know, check earlier uh, a couple of uh, a bunch of episodes we have talked about that, and uh, yeah, there's um, yeah, one or two who um, have. That name in Ghana, mm. Ari. So, Interesting. Yeah, it gave me Ari. Yeah. Mm. So that's how, yeah, we, we're spreading and it's a whole thing. So maybe one day I'll wake up and say, all right, I'm changing my name back to Ari. <laughs> it's, it's not really that, diff- like, you know, if you're going by pronunciation back home, you'll be like, Ari? Yeah. Ari? When you, when, you got, you, you, when you got your citizenship, did you change anything in your name? No, but... um. I still had to change name before, but I actually changed name before citizenship because um, the the way somebody wasn't paying attention <laughs> and when I arrived, they, yeah. they looked at, um, you know, the Nigerian passport, they have your, the way my names were written on the Nigerian passport, I guess somebody looked at that and had my, uh, was it my green card or social security? Mm-hmm. Either one of them. They flipped my name Mm-hmm. It was still the same names, but they had my middle name as, as your my first, last name, yeah, and my you know and the last name as my middle name. Oh wow! So that was it. Uh, so either my uh, social security or mm-hmm. green card, one of them had that mix. Mm-hmm. So when I wanted to join the navy, they were like, "I can't join the navy because those are two different people." Yeah, so it looks like two different. People. Oh my God. So all my documents have to match. So I have to pick one name. So looking back now, I was like, oh, that was, I, I could have just changed my name into, and have my last name as Oin Lifer. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my mom was like, I just flip it back to, you know, it, it was hard. a common, it was a mistake. They just read, because um, I think on the Nigerian passport, they write your middle name last or something. It was something, they looked at the what's it? I don't know if it was a Nigerian passport. It was a Nigerian document that they looked at mm-hmm. and based that mistake on that Nigerian document. Oh, I can't remember okay. what Nigerian document it was. I don't think it was a passport, but it was a Nigerian document that I had with me that they based that mistake on and that's where they, they wrote, uh, they changed that name. So I had to go to court and change my name and then back to my original names, <laughs> which is weird. Because the, the judge asked me, like, uh, why are you changing your name? Uh, what, what do you change your name to? I'm, I'm changing my name back to my name. My name. <laughs> <laughs> because they, they messed it up. Uh, I was yeah. like, but why are you making a change? And I was like, uh, so I can join the Navy? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Granted. Pow. Oh. Still, we'll still charge $25. But granted. 
Ah, twenty-five. <laughs> yeah, it was twenty-five bucks. Jesus <laughs> Which Christ. to me, when I had zero dollars, then it was like, oh, huge yeah. money. Yeah, oh my god. I mean, still big money though. Yeah. I don't, 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 you know. But yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> a cup of coffee in New York. <laughs> oh man, I'm telling you, it's really now. <laughs> this was um, this was what two thousand and eight. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, uh, so where 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 that stop? Yeah, so milling of your names. Mm -hmm. So you already given us um one clue um to the next question I was going to ask. Um, where were you born? So I was born in Senegal, uh, Western Africa, uh, in Dakar, the capital. Uh, so my mom is Senegalese, my dad is Togolese, uh. And you know they met in Senegal. Uh, you know you remember that company Air Africa? Yeah, yeah. My dad yeah. was a pilot of Air Africa. Ah, so he, yeah. The yeah, pilot, the pilot school was in the car. You know, so like he moved from Lomé, the capital of ah. Togo, to the car. And uh, you know he was working for the company until he went bankrupt. Oh yeah. man, that, that, yeah, that that company. I've, yeah, I've, I don't think if you had. If you hadn't asked me about that company, I don't think I would have realized that. That I still remember that name. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I haven't heard that name until back now. Back in the '90s, man, it was it was everything. '80s, '90s, man, it was it was everything. You know? Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was one of those. That was one of the Star Airlines, man. Yeah, Damn. Air Africa, Air Africa, Lee. Man, I, I need to write that name down. So I I'll go look it up again. <laughs> I completely forgot about that being in existence until you asked. Wow. Wow, man, that's sad, man. That's just sad, man. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, I completely forgot that Elon existed. Yeah, you see, completely erased. Like one of yeah, uh, we, we lost, we lost some good Elon. Yeah, we got, we did, man. Yeah, yes. So, oh, so your parents met in Dakar, mm -hmm. and that's where you were born, and um. So what was childhood like? In so like you know, my dad traveled a lot since he was a pilot. Mm -hmm. My mom at the time was being she was when I was growing up in Senegal, she was like a secretary for like um, uh, the embassy of Taiwan in Senegal at the time. Taiwan at the time Senegal was recognizing Taiwan, Taiwan back yep. in the nineties mm -hmm. until like the new president came and was like, you know what, we're gonna recognize. Uh, uh, mainland China, yeah, and I, I, the, the embassy, the embassy of Taiwan had to pack their stuff and leave. Ah, um, but at the same time, or maybe a year or two years before that, we we're gonna move to Ivory Coast anyway, to Cote d'Ivoire. I like to say Cote d'Ivoire better than Ivory Coast. I, I can't, I can never spell Cote d'Ivoire. Every time I try, mm -hmm. I always mess up the spelling, so I just <laughs> they're like Coast. accents, like you know. Like, I love saying Cote d'Ivoire too. Cote every yeah. time I write, I have to write Ivory Coast. I, yeah. I mess up the spelling. No, so yeah, maybe me because at the time Air Freak had all the pilot base. Uh, in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, in Abidjan. Mm -hmm. So we moved in 98 from Dakar to Abidjan. And we stayed there for um, five years. But like in between, Air Africa went bankrupt and the civil war in Senegal, not in Senegal, in Cote d'Ivoire started. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, I was going at the French uh, international school at the time. They like... Uh, they destroyed that school because they thought the French were like against their interests. So like they 
burned down the French school. I remember I didn't go to school for a month. Wow. Uh, I had to come back to Senegal. So like in 2003, we came back to Senegal. And uh, from 2003, 05, I believe, my mom won the green card at the lottery visa. And that was our first trip to the U.S. We came to New York, we were staying in Spanish Harlem. Oh man, it was you know culture shock and stuff. You know we got our okay. Trip, uh, yeah. Hold on, we'll, we'll come, we'll come, we'll come back to okay Spanish Harlem. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't want you to go too far. All right, all right. Uh, yeah, let me know. I have, I have, I have a question about mm -hmm. your childhood. Mm -hmm. So, staying with your childhood, what do you consider to be your favorite childhood memory? Woof. Where does that come from? Uh, Senegal. Cote d'Ivoire, I mean, or somewhere else. Some, some of my favorite uh, childhood. There's one with my dad where we're going to that fair in Senegal. Like that was basically there. The, the cathedral of uh, in the car, like Catholic, you know, cathedral, had also a fair in there, like a lot parking lot kind of, which was huge. And they had like bumper cars, they had like, you know, the carousel and stuff. And my dad, every time when he was coming back from a trip, he would take me there. It was just the two of us sometimes, you know, like, you know, I die. I really like those moments. Like, that's the first one that comes back to my mind. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. Well, was that organized by the... By the by the Catholic Church, or yeah, they were they they own that thing. They were getting definitely money from it because, mm. uh, I don't know, maybe a partnership, but it was on the ground, like you know. Was it a once a year thing, or was it at the beginning? It was a once a year thing, but then when they saw how popular it is, they kept like the the traction part of it. Okay. And they just scaled down on the stands. So once a year, the whole the whole area, the whole like grounds of the cathedral is filled with other vendors, like you know, like a uh, mom and pop shop, like artists and stuff. And the rest of the year, it's scaled down to like maybe the rides and stuff like that. You know, just a bunch of rides, but like because they knew how popular it was. It's it's reminding me of uh, minus the theme park things mm -hmm. going on uh it's reminding me of the bazaar yeah we, we had something at our catholic church in Benin city once a year what did we call it i think we called it bazaar too mm -hmm. but it was once a year i'm trying, I'm trying to remember what time of the year i can't i can't i can't recall the exact period in the year but it was like a thanksgiving type of event there were fruits and all manner of things but it was like vendors selling stuff and we always look forward to that it's coming back to me right now and that's why i was asking if it was the catholic church that organized it but i knew on the grounds of the catholic church uh we went to saint paul's cathedral in Benin city which was like a big cathedral mm. and there was plenty of space for vendors to set up at, uh, over there but not, not enough for like a big carousel and all that kind of stuff but uh, you, you, we're always looking forward to that because you buy stuff and it was more, more like eating stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me kids. was eating yeah, so. cotton candy. Yeah. And, so oh the, that, that, that's, that's what's coming, coming back like to my mind. Like, oh, yeah. I, I'd forgotten about, about yeah. that too. So, 
Yeah, so yeah, you brought that. Yeah, you reminded me of a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh one thing I forgot to announce to the audience is that uh there's gonna be a different format um when it comes to this this episode. Like, you know, so I'm gonna talk about, you know, we'll cover Benny's arrival in America in the yeah. first part of the, this episode and then um in the second part then we'll, we'll dive into He's dealing with addiction and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, back to the episode. Uh, so we're going to jump to your arrival in uh, Spanish Harlem. Mm-hmm. So how how old were you when you arrived in in the United States? So I was, so um, a little clarification. We came and visited a couple times before I came and settled oh, okay. for you. So Spanish Harlem 2005 was the first trip we had. We came in to, you know, come and go to the social security mostly. First time in trip because you know how it works. Once you have the green card, you need to come here to get it because you still need to apply for the visa to come and get it. So for people who don't know the vetting process of having a green card, lottery visa, it's not like you want, you come in. No, you want, then they study your case. I remember going, like, you know, at like waking up at 5 a.m., 5.30, to be at the embassy of the United States of America at 7 a.m., you know, like uh, uh, all the, you know, they had like, if you're 13 year old, you need to take like an HIV test, you know, make sure mm-hmm. like, you know, they have like okay, all so those Okay, so you guys, it's, it's similar to ours too. Yeah. So, so you do the HIV test, mm-hmm. you, you guys do the fingerprints too? The fingerprints, the yeah, they make sure they ask you questions. Background question. check. Background check, they make sure also you have a place to stay, you have enough money in kayaks, like, you know. So all these, like now we we pass all those tests and I know five came, we visited the city, we went to the to the uh, social security to get it our social security and you know green cards and uh we went back to uh, Senegal. And at the time, uh, we didn't, ha- uh, we were not set on moving definitely yet okay. because I wanted to finish high school and also, you know, my uh, my dad worked too. He didn't have, he couldn't leave work. Uh, like, you know, he wanted to have a better situation for, for, for work before leaving. My mom also, she, my mom was working at the time for an NGO that, um, you know, like that has an office here in the, in the state. And she was trying to get her stuff transferred. Okay, to transfer away. Yeah, so yeah. that all took time. So meanwhile, we'll come, we'll come once a year to the U.S. together because once when, when you have the green card in order not to lose it, you, yeah, need to, yeah, okay. you need to make a trip. You need to make a trip to the U.S. once a year. And it's hard, you know, because, you know, planning for that trip every year, it has to be done during the Easter time, which is like, I was gonna meet. I was missing like a week of school back in Senegal and stuff. Mm. So okay, okay, I understand now. Yeah. I understand because yeah, it, it's uh yeah because going going it, it's usually the other way around for most of us when we get a green card. Mm-hmm. It's like we depart. Yeah, that's it. We're gone. But if you're going to do it the way you guys did it, it because the, the other option, which is rarely talked about, is what you guys did mm-hmm. is that you have the option of also using making sure the green card does not expire which mm-hmm. is true mm-hmm. but you can you have to be going and coming back but it's not it's not easy because it's 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 not 
it's uh it's not easy on the pockets. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it's oh, expensive. It was, it was super expensive. Yeah, super expensive. Yeah. and uh, that's the side that people don't do not talk about. But mm -hmm. it, yeah, but as far as you keep going and coming back, mm -hmm. your green card will not expire. Probably, yeah. So, uh, yes, that is one side of it that mm -hmm. we do not usually talk about because everybody is just set on I get a green card and I'm gone. Yeah. So the oh, yeah, money people. I'm raising is to buy a ticket to leave. Yeah. I'm not coming back until I've made that money, <laughs> then I come back. Yeah. That's it. So, yes, thanks for no, bringing that. Yeah, no, people, yeah. people, yeah, a lot of people, once they got it, they're like, bye. Yeah, bye. Bye. you yeah. see me when I make that money, I'll come back with the money <laughs> from, you know, Obodo yeah. Ibo, as we say in Nigeria. <laughs> Obodo Ibo, I bring that money. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so yeah. finally in 08, I graduate from high school. Uh, so I moved to Pittsburgh because in 06 and 07, I was at my aunt's place in Pittsburgh. And I really love the city. It reminds me of home, like especially uh, the Pittsburgh is a sports city with the Steelers and stuff. And Senegal also is, you know, with the national team after the game. You take public transportation. Everybody talks to you about the game. They don't talk to you. They don't know you. They don't know you. <laughs> and when I was in Pittsburgh, I was at a bus stop one time. And the, what this guy was like, yo, man, did you see the Steelers game and stuff? And I was like, oh, wow, this is like home, man. Like, everybody's the coach. And, you know, they talk to you about the game. He doesn't even know you. Uh, like, you know, I was like, yeah, he had that homey feeling. And Pittsburgh is like that. It's a city, but it has that village vibe that you know uh people um people are can be f they're not um they're not snobby at all they can come and talk to you and be like yeah this those stealers man they messed up those penguins they messed up you know oh what what about Wally's burger like he did all you know like that and i was like yeah, people are kind of, that reminds me of home. That and also I wanted to study computer science and Pittsburgh, for University of Pittsburgh, what I went to had an excellent computer science program. In addition of having CMU on the, uh, CMU is Carnegie Mellon University, which is arguably the best university when it comes to computer science that was in the same area and we could take classes there, you know, if we wanted to. Yeah. Like that, the exchange uh like do ex kind of you could as a student at Pitt sometimes you could take classes at CMU Carnegie. So like I was like, yeah, I'm every all the cards are there. So graduate from high school in Senegal in two weeks I need to move to uh Pittsburgh because in less than a month I started college. So oh, I wow. was like yeah it was, like, was it was uh, it was tough. I was like any any break. No, I didn't get any break. How come, you know, I start, uh, I knew English, like people know Spanish here, you know, a little bit to survive. I had to learn. I was able to understand my class fairly easy, especially math, 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 math is math. You know, like I was good in math and stuff. Uh, the people I could understand were like uh, my, my peers in the dorms because slang, you know, like English slang is, is the English language is very, very funny. And, you know, for example, um, you know, when you tell somebody, hey, do you want to go out tonight? The guy tells you, like, yeah, I'm down. You know, mm -hmm. that means yes. But he can also say, yeah, I'm up for it. You know, I'm up. 
I'm down. <laughs> it's the same thing. How is that possible when they say, you know? And, you know, uh, and like also you need to know your prepositions in English, you know? Mm-hmm. Like there's a huge difference between pass out and pass away. If you take like, you know, I remember one time I was arguing with this guy and, you know, I'm, 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 serious about it you know i'm about to fight this guy and he's uh, i'm like yo man i'm gonna knock you up because i was i was thinking of saying knock you out right but i said knock you up and he started laughing (laughs) and i was like what are you laughing about man (laughs) like knock up means like getting somebody pregnant and i was like uppercut knocking up you know like Uh. for me it's the same shit not the Uh. same stuff but like oh my god and you know what's funny it diffused the situation like we could not fight anymore after that that that, that was was, you know it it worked indirectly you mean you you mean Uh. knock me out I was like whatever man for me it was the same thing and then like you know so uh, the, the culture the culture shock was funny like people uh, were, were taking advantage of 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 that like you know my friends were playing prank on me they would be like you know they had the the hum day like wednesday is hum day yeah you know they would be like oh hum day people have sex on her on, on wednesdays because go hump humping yeah and i was like oh, okay that makes sense like <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because this country people are crazy, right? Like sex on oh, Wednesday, man. hum day. Yeah, that's why they call it hum day. Oh. Is, not hum day because it's the middle of the week. It's like, you know, hum. Then now it's going down. down oh. and, uh, and, uh, yeah. Oh, but it was fun. Like, hey, you know. hey, we learn. We learn. Hey, hey no, we learn. We learn. We learn. Hey, they took advantage of me too. But, uh, <laughs> Hey, all of us, man. We have we have to go through that learning curve. I know, man. man. Like, I I think for someone like you, it's uh, it's still better than someone like. I think for those of us who are on the English, you know, the English side, who I think it's worse for us in a way because we we act like I think we come with that feeling of you know we already speak English, so it's easier, and then we still realize that wait a minute, what is what's going on? Yeah. You know, we don't have, <laughs> we still don't understand. <laughs> like, what? I thought I thought we watched all the movies. We don't understand all, nah, you still don't understand. Yeah, you you no, still man. have to go through learning. Learning. God, you're still learning. Even up to this day, I'm still learning. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. I just, oh, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Like, before I left the house today, my daughter said to me, uh, Papa, you... You don't know everything. I say, yeah, I don't know everything. I'm not going to lie. It's not today I'm going to start claiming. Today I tell you I know everything. Just know your papa is lying. <laughs> She's four-year-old. They're devils. Oh, my just, God. Yeah, they're just giving me heavy, heavy, heavy drama. Yeah. Heavy drama. But, yeah. But, yeah, that, that's... Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a whole... That sounds like a whole episode we need to do. Oh no, yeah, on on yeah. like uh, uh, like fresh off the boat or something. Like I yeah. don't know, like uh, the culture shock of America, you know. But yeah, um, so you will go from Pittsburgh, and how 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 did you still end up in New York? So while I was in Pittsburgh in '08, my family was family. So my dad moved first, right, and he settled in uh, Freeport, New York in Long Island. My mom got her transfer got accepted. So in so I moved in August of 20, 2008. They moved in April of 2009. Okay. And they moved with my little brother, my little sister. 
and then we started living in Freeport. My mom was commuting to the world of the city. My dad had a job. Um, he was working for like a mechanic for like an aviation aviation company that was making parts for like you know for like planes. And you know I was going there for um the holidays twice a year. Once at Christmas and once during the summer. Usually that's how we worked. Um, and 2014, my dad, uh, so like little thing, my dad once, um, Air Africa was bankrupt. He was able to find a, a job uh, with the UN mission when um, we had to go back from uh, Cote d'Ivoire back to Dakar to Senegal. Okay. Uh, he came with us, but then he went back, you know, to work with the UN peace mission there. Mm -hmm. And he did a great job, uh, you know. And uh, but he was uh, he was a contractor. He was not like a full time employee. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. they called him for a mission this time that was going to be in South Sudan. And at the time he was in, in New York with us, you know, like with the family, I was in Pittsburgh. And at the time I was finishing up with a job that was like a temp for hire. And uh, instead of staying and trying to find a job, he asked me if I wanted to come back to New York because my sister was going to school, to college. My boy was going to be only my little brother who's 13 years younger than me. So at the time... 12, he was, uh, he's 19 now, 2000. He was 12 years old. So like 11, 12, he was only going to be with my mom who works in the city and stuff. So to have another like adult figure around, that's why he, okay. uh, he asked me if I could come back. And I was like, yeah, sure. So I come back, I move in, I find a nice job in, uh, in the city. I work for like a media company. And that's how I moved in 2014. I moved to um, from Pittsburgh to New York and started working in the city. So I was living at home, taking commuting with my mom, you know, to the city. She was going to her office. I was going to mine. And uh, yeah. All right. So we shall take a quick break. And when we come back, we shall get into the stairways of uh, stairways to redemption. redemption. Hey, and, bro. you know, how, how we got to that part of uh, your life story mm -hmm. hi everyone we've made it two years and who would have thought so so let's go for that and make it three make it four make it five make it six who knows 20 but we can't do this without your support so join us on patreon at patreon.com slash white label american pod pod or linktree.com slash white label american go there and you'll see our patreon link and you can join us for as low as three dollars we have bonus content we have bonus materials there's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public and yeah you can contribute to making this podcast better you can send questions you can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to, you know, take care of people who help make this podcast possible. So you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be. Come join us on Patreon and make it what you would like to see. Join us. Make it fantastic. Keep the five stars coming in. Keep the love coming in. Thank you for the privilege of your company.
welcome back and thank you for staying with us so was it uh while you were in new york that you fell into how will i put it that you fell into the should i i don't want to say darkness now <laughs> that the whole hello darkness my friend it's yeah hello darkness my friend I, I, I like to say i embrace my darkness so yeah I don't, i don't use that that's why i don't use darkness as a metaphor yeah but uh how did your whole addiction uh, i can't say the whole you know we can't get mm-hmm. the whole addiction picture i don't think we have enough time to cover the whole thing but how did the whole when when did you uh, realize that uh when did, did the addiction problem begin when did you uh, let me put it that way so so if i were to put like an age to it i will say like around 25 year old i'm 32 now so it was like 2015 i was working for like a good media company like you know and in what uh, was that in new york in new or? york yeah okay. the job in new york like pittsburgh i always managed i was just drinking socially like you know people were doing and stuff and i was not really into drugs and stuff uh now i come in new york and like the lifestyle is crazy like i remember the company like you know we had like tasting thursdays so thursdays every thursday there's a liquor company that comes with like you know something for us to try we had like a kegerator at work like you party with coworkers everybody is doing drugs yeah you know uh the people you hang out with like uh and uh, i started hanging out with and a combination of like in order to keep up partying in at one point you need to take i needed i needed i need probably gonna keep it in the eye i needed to take something and happened that cocaine was for me was a perfect drug to keep you know partying partying ever so at the beginning starts with like you know you party till four after you after four you try to party longer so like you find yourself going to after hours to after parties and the after hours are usually in uh, like you know Brooklyn area like warehouses and I'm a fan of like techno deep house music that's mm-hmm. my scene uh I hang out with those people then after like we hang out longer so like you easily I will say like for 2015 in two years I started being a regular on those after hours so I would go, especially when I was living in Long Island there was no I did, I hated like having to go back all the way to Long Island so I would like party as much as I could and then go home you know wow. so you know that uh, in conjunction with the fact that you know after the my upbringing all the um, things like the civil war that happened in Africa coast you know we had also a hardship when like you know Africa was bankrupt my dad wasn't working at the time my mom wasn't working at the time so our all my life i was in like survivor mode like you know get your grades like learn new language mm-hmm. immigrate you know and that was the first time where i was like making good money you know having fun and i was in my mindset i was like all right it's time to it's time to you know finally breathe take a break and assimilate i want it now to blend in because 
hey, I'm not surviving. I'm not like fighting for my life. Not I don't want to use the term fighting for my life, but I'm I'm I don't have anything now to to um it chase. wasn't like you were in this um how will I put it? Like you were it wasn't like you were drowning this it's yeah. like you know yeah, like my, now yeah now my head yeah anymore. now my head was above yeah, water out of the water and i was like hey i'm just gonna do and how yeah. do you fit in in the, the u.s you party mm-hmm. you feed you drink you party with people and you know and i never and the way i was doing drugs i was not even looking at how much i was doing i was like yo i survived i was born in, in africa like you know a third world country i survived like you know like a country that was torn by civil war i came i was like there's no way those drugs gonna get me down you know i just yeah. underestimated like how hooked in it you can be yeah. um and um so i didn't notice how progressively it was you know like i was starting missing family events i started missing like uh i started missing um you know um like gathering like you know my my aunt for example came from her family from france and i was still going out partying instead of hanging out with them you know because you know i wanted to be in my world Mm -hmm. um i was starting isolating um uh and i believe in 2017 or 2018 like the big event that had i had to come forward to my mom that I you know I was I fell into addiction was I had to go back to Pittsburgh for my aunt's 50th birthday and I missed the flight and I didn't show I didn't even text my mom I just didn't show to Pittsburgh and when she oh. came back like she was like she, she didn't even talk I was like all right this you know this is what's happening to me she knew she had like you know uh she could tell that something was wrong but you know um, but since I did not come clean to her, she couldn't just. Did your mom ever confront you before that? No, she never confronted me. She was like, "What the hell is wrong with you? You know, why you keep missing those like you know events and stuff?" And uh, that time, I I was just ran out of lie. I was like, "Yeah, I have to come clean that." Like you know, I fell into addiction, and that I was just tired of trying to cover my tracks at this point, and um. Uh, I went to rehab in uh West Palm Beach in Florida, one of those nice. That sounds that sound like an expensive one. Yeah, it was. It was not like in the highest range, but we still like we'll go like paddle boarding. We'll go to like uh uh escape rooms. We're going to the gym every day. Escape rooms. Yeah, like, you know, those escapes where you need to solve puzzle to move from room to room and escape. Like, you never think oh. that. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was something else coming to my mind. I, 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 was, I, was, I was surprised that was part of rehab. But I, I don't want to coach. Before you go, before you go on, mm-hmm. you know, there was something you, that you said that um, it, it brought something to mind. So, you know, when you, 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 when, when you talked about, you know, you, you were thinking that oh you know you 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 you're from uh third world country and afghan country and you know you you were like this 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 wouldn't affect you you know doing stuff like this the like the drugs 
this lifestyle wouldn't it, 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 this this is kind of like nothing you know mm-hmm. it's it's not for it's not it's not supposed to affect people like us mm-hmm. it, it reminded me of early in my navy career like the first uh friends i made after i graduated um boot camp and i just come out of uh, um, basic training and i joined the fleet officially i'm a sailor now and I think that's the moment I hung out with the the wrongest crowd ever. And we were drinking. We were drinking crazy. That's when I drank like a sailor. So there was this, well, yeah, this white boy. And he was a mama's boy. He came from a wealthy family. He got kicked out of the Navy not long after. But I knew him from boot camp. And there were some, there are some people who don't talk to me, in the, um, who I went to the Navy with, who, because of that boy, they don't talk to me up to this day. But a few of them will come around later on. But there are some who still, who I think some people associate me with that boy. I didn't realize he was a racist. Yeah, he's a racist. No, was. He's mm-hmm. a racist. I don't think he, he will ever change. But I was the black friend in his crew. Back then, I didn't know anything. You know, you're brand new to America. So you, you start, you, what, what do you know? And, you know, he, he was always buying beers. Like there was like at least 24. Uh, at least twenty four bottles of beer, you know, uh, twenty four cans, mm-hmm. Ste- ready, steady. You know, he was supplying the drinks. So every night, you know, we always gather in his room. All of us love free drinks, you know, and he would load us up booze, 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 and we drink, 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 drink. And it was that mindset of, you know, this, this look at these white boys who are passing out. Now I'm from Nigeria, like this, is not yeah. this is not our type. Don't this is not even our type of beer. It's uh-huh. not even good beer. That kind of thing. So I remember talking to somebody like that. Uh, I think it's either a Nigerian in the UK or a Nigerian back home, and it was that mindset of it's not you know we, we've survived more yeah. than them. Mm-hmm. So if they are spending the money, let us spend the money. <laughs> I'll keep drinking it. Yeah. But um, if certain things didn't happen in life that will separate us at the right time, I probably could have. Gone, you know. I would, I would, if, if you had told me back then that that was a problematic behavior mm-hmm. that you were on, if you keep drinking like that, uh, you, you, you're, you're gonna be an alcoholic. I wouldn't have, I would have thought, man, get out of here. What are you talking about? Yeah, it's free drinks. That's what I'm doing. But luckily, life happened and we got separated at the right time. And that's the reason why I just didn't take to drinking like crazy and because I couldn't afford it. <laughs> that's just the, <laughs> the economics of it. I couldn't afford to. I'm not. I'm not going to be buying loads of booze like yeah. that. So, yeah, that happened. And I, you know, so I, I, I kind of mellowed down. But when the booze was just coming steady, mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, yeah, keep it coming. Yeah. And I was just drinking. But it was like, oh, three booze, and the guy kept supplying. But I, I, I should have said no a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But we'll just be drinking, drinking, and then you, oh, look at the time, man. When am I going to sleep? And then I'll show up to, uh. Mustard the next day, and it was like, man, you drained. You mm-hmm. you walking in somewhere. You see me one time. I was like, man, you look tired. Mm-hmm. Ah, nah, man, I can still run 1.5 miles and this that. that my time is that I drop in. <laughs> you still be like, man, I'm from I'm from Nigeria, man. I can still run faster yeah. than these white boys. Yeah. All that. But you start telling yourself all these things in your mind. But uh, yeah, the signs were there. I was just lucky mm-hmm. that life certain things in life happened at the right time and that just put me on a different course. So uh, I'm glad you 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 brought that up yeah. because yeah, I think some of us, that's how we start 
telling ourselves that uh, what we are doing is not problematic. Yeah, that we are invincible, basically, mm-hmm. because we've seen wars. And uh, yeah, you know that's 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 not true. Like it's not my, true. Yeah, my mom, my mom was really mad. Like she was pissed. She was like, uh, uh, after everything that we went through, that's how you're gonna go down. Like you know, like. She the first time she she was not very understanding, you know. Like I went to, but when the first time when I went to rehab in Florida, uh, I thought alcohol was not my problem, that it was just drugs. So you know, mm. I go, I listen to what they have to say, and they tell you, oh, there's one thing I wish they didn't tell me, that like you probably not gonna get it your first time, which. The way it worked on me was like I wanted to be like one, one and done so badly that when I came back and I went to my old habits, I was like, no matter what, I'm not going back to rehab because I want to fix it myself. Like no matter. Oh, what. so well, was it like you thought it would be a pill that you just take? And no, like I thought, like uh, that, like because I wanted to show them or like myself that, like. I'm gonna get it in one go. Like okay. I just need to go to rehab once. But I was told like that's unlikely. The statistic, you know, like that, you're probably gonna come back here later, you know. And I was like, who the fuck they think they're? <laughs> Sorry. Who okay. They? So like, wait, yeah. do, do, do you feel like the, the because they told you the first time that kind of set you up? Yeah. To so fail? like yeah, because I didn't, uh, I didn't, I could, I should have gone back to rehab like maybe sooner than the second time because I took me a time it took me some time to admit that like I had to relapse you know? mm. uh, because when I came back uh, I was still hanging out with the same crew of people you oh, know wow. I was still yeah. partying with them but I was like able to manage it better you know and until um my mom and I had a, like, I was just at home for way too long. And I was like, you know what? Let me move to a different city because, like, I knew that if I had hang out with the same people for long again, progressively, I would have fallen into my old habits. Like, uh, I'd say, let's say at a rate of a greater rate, a rate of 100%. At the time when I just came back from rehab, I was hanging out with the same people, but I was I only relapsed. I was already doing the same stuff, yeah. but like at the at the at the lesser rate, you know, managing, you know. Um, so I was like, oh, let's move to a new city, Philadelphia, you know, like, uh, and I moved there like before COVID, and I was like, okay, now I just need to make new group of friends, you know, and not like touch the stuff. But I didn't work on me, on my addiction myself, in a way. And when you're an addict and you go to a new place, oh my God, it's like you have superpowers. You can see one detail, like you see stuff that nobody else sees who is not an addict. You wow. see somebody, you see like, okay, this one has drug, this one is on this right now. Look at his eyes, he's on this, on this. And you talk to those people and Quick enough, you can rebuild your your connect like that, you know. Uh, there's that bar in Philly where, like, I go and watch soccer. So, like, you know, that was, like, our, like, um, an Irish pub where, like, you know, they show Premier League game at 7. You know, when it's 7 a.m. here, mm-hmm. it's 12 in, in the U.K., yep. Uh, so the bar will be open at seven. You know the people in there. Some of them like you know 
they all drink and do drugs. So that was my temple. So I was there, like, you know, all the time. I would, like, hang out with those guys, those Irish guys and stuff. Like, I, you know, and before I know it, like, I'm doing my old stuff. But meanwhile, I still managed because I was working still. My job was still in New York. So I was going to New York twice a week and working from home the rest of the week until COVID oh. started. So I was doing the commute thing before mm -hmm. COVID. And then when COVID started, I was working from home all the time. And I still, you know, I was still managing. I was not like, you know, I was paying my bills on time. I was what we call a functioning alcoholic. And there was one event of, uh, I believe, uh, that was December 2020. Uh, there was an electrical fire in the building I live, like, you know, uh, at the, at the switch in the basement, at the switch level. So like they needed to shut the power in the whole building and redo it. Yeah. And we were sent in hotels. So imagine even luxurious hotel, like, you know, the hotel is not like bigger than this room. Uh, and you cannot cook. I uh, couldn't go to the gym. Everything was closed due to COVID. And that's when, like, I really spiraled down. And I didn't even notice that until I got out of there because, you know, I'm pretty disciplined. Like, in the morning, I do my bed. I would go to the gym. Like, you know, not in the morning, in the afternoon, every day. You know, I make my own coffee, fresh. I have my ritual, right? When I was in that hotel for a month, we were done that for 45 days. Um, I couldn't do all that. So that's when I started, like, just doing drugs. Like, mm. you know, booze, drugs. Like, the Wi-Fi was, like, terrible. So even working as a computer scientist, as a software engineer, I had terrible Wi-Fi for work. So I couldn't do, like, the tasks that I wanted. I was frustrated yeah. with, like, you know. So, like, I picked up the worst habit there. And when I went back to my apartment, when it was resolved... I couldn't readjust. Now it was me drugging and drinking and drugging in the middle of the week when I have worked the next day. You know, like wow. it was, it was like bad habits and uh, work starting suffering, you know. Uh, and uh, what, uh, so a year after that, you know, now I'm like, I'm struggling, like, uh, Still work, but sometimes I miss days. Sometimes, you know, like my performance is not as good. But I still maintain my revenues and stuff. I show up at work. I show up, at, you know, I come home sometimes, you know. But I'm not, I can see slowly my finances deteriorate, you know. And uh, the following year, uh, the, the yeah, the following year, the winter of 2021, our company that I was uh, working for get bought by BuzzFeed. You know, they're like readjustment. I got let go with a severance package. Like, you know, so I'm like, and it was, you know, what was funny at the moment, I got let go. There was a combination of things. Like, I've been, I was working for them for like seven years and I was stalling. And stalling mentally because I was not, learning new stuff partly for my fault because you know um i didn't try to learn new things on my own there and also i think i outgrew that job i should have left like 
two years before that on my own accord to just move and learn, go to another company. But I let it because in the way you were raised, you never give up, you never quit. Like yeah. for me, like leaving mean that I was going to quit or something. So I was... Something we, we are yeah. raised with. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I really... That was the kind of job where like I love the coworkers. I love the environment. It's just the code that I was writing at the time when I was sitting down and writing my code. I'm like, I'm writing code for people to be to access, you know, what Kim Kardashian did. And I was like, this is not meaningful shit. So I had I had, you know, I had better aspiration. What happened? And the fact that I was making good money, that I was in an environment that I like, I thought I was at the time I was being greedy. So, you know, and everybody at the time was telling me, oh, man, you took, that company, that job is so great, you know, like you're doing so well and stuff. Meanwhile, they don't understand that internally I'm suffering. I'm like, yo, I'm not I'm not making a dent in this yeah. world, you know. Yeah. So I thought like I didn't had I should not complain. So, you know, you, were, you but, weren't being challenged. Yeah, I shouldn't complain, you know, because others had it worse. But my subconscious was crying and we've in conjunction with the drugs, it made it even, you know, it was a way for me to escape, you know, when I was in my world. So I'm a, I'm a person who likes to be alone, right? I'm, I'm more of like a, but like there's a difference between solitude and isolation. I was in my own world, soli you know, like alone, but not lonely. And I have my social battery. So like, I can go toward people. But when that social battery depletes, I'm by myself. I recharge and stuff. The drugs made being alone better, but the side effect of it was that, that you are isolating. So, like, mm. you, I was not even recharging, talking to others after, yeah. you know. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, once... Um, once uh, I was told that, that you know I was gonna get let go. I felt a weight lift off my chest because I didn't quit. I was let go, but I felt I wasn't even angry, and that was before they told me that they were gonna give me a several package. So I was like, "Oh my god, this is great! Now I'm free," you know. Mm. Uh, just several packages there, you know, and uh, I'm gonna. I'm telling myself, "Yeah." I'm going to take my time. I'm going to travel. I'm not going to go to the workforce right now. But meanwhile, those bad habits that I pick up, I need to keep up with them. And mm. the money goes fast. So there is a dichotomy between your mind of how you, you deal with things and the addiction that's like, hey, man, take care of me. You need this. You need that. You know. So you can think sometimes that like, okay, I have this much money, I could travel for a little bit and stuff. But meanwhile, your addiction is like, oh, you need to take care of me, you need to buy this, this. And while you're high, you're not functioning at all. Like you, you, you can only think straight when you're sober for like those little intervals. And meanwhile, when you're in those sober, in those little intervals, you start thinking great. You're like, wait, what happened to $5,000? I just like spent $5,000. Like how? Like, you wow. know. So, um, Instead of like cleaning my act up and getting myself ready to find a new job, I was just like 
procrastinating, mm-hmm. not doing anything. Like I could sleep like 12 hours a day, you know, after like a three day bender. So for me, like today it could, could be Monday, right? Yes. I will be like, wait, where did Friday go? Like, <laughs> wow. yeah, that was that kind of stuff. And um, a year later, uh, so, you know, now to 2022, where we at right now, uh, um, my best friend couldn't like my friends like my real close friends started not worrying about me. You know, my best friend who lives a good friend of mine who lives in France couldn't get in touch with me and stuff. Uh, you know, we usually Skype talk, and it get got harder harder to get a hold of me. So he called my mom on me. You know, like. Him and another friend were able to get my mom's number. They call home. My mom came home, you know, to my apartment in Philly. I remember texting her when she was on her. But that was basically told me, yeah, your friend Tomo called your mom. Call mom. She's on her way. And I'm like, why is she coming? Like, I don't want her here. That, 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 you know, like, uh, she came. Uh, we went back to Long Island. I chilled there for like uh, two weeks. And then um, I came back to, I went back to Philly and fell right away to my old habits. Oh, man. And not even a week, right? Not like the same. And that time I was like, you see now, yeah, you cannot be in that space because the building I was living in was like, oh my God, it was, I had a crew there. Like there was no one, no one to catch the order. Like, you know, people could show up at my place at 4 a.m. Like, you know, hang out. Yeah. Like there was like other people also who were like into, into the stuff we were doing. So you could, you could want to get your stuff together, but there was always somebody else there mm-hmm. to tempt you, you know. Yeah. Not voluntarily. It's not like they were, you know, tying me down and shoving a bottle of alcohol. No, but it's just like, sometimes you don't even tell them that you're trying to get your act clean. So that you just go to the motions, you know. So I just had to leave that environment. And that was in the summer of 2022 that I went back to rehab for the second time. And this time I was like, you know what? Let's go. Let's do it for real. And And this time when you you went back to rehab, um, you, you went to rehab in New York? In the Hamptons. Yeah. Okay. And that one was, it was nice, but it was not the resort. It was not like Florida. We didn't have like escape room or like paddle boarding. Mm-hmm. No, it was like you sit down in a room, you open a book, you talk about yourself. And yeah, and I, I don't, you know, that one was like very, very hands-on. And like we did a lot of like self-work. There was a lot of AA meetings. Um, Yeah. And now, uh, when I started being in there, I started thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. And I really, so a little bit think about me is like I suffer, I suffer from like survivor guilt. Like, you know, when I was back in uh, Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, I always wonder why uh, I was able to make it here. Like, I know I work hard. You know, mm-hmm. to make it here, but I can tell you there are like people who are like kinder than me, who work as hard as I did, who are didn't make it here, right? So sometimes I was mm. 
I was feeling guilty a lot for, you know, the luck that I had. And sometimes I couldn't, like, just phantom and live with that weight, you know. I was, because there's one thing that I hate is luck, because luck is not logical. As a, me, I'm a very pragmatic, logical person. Luck can happen to bad, good people, you know. Yeah. And the fact that, like, I was... Well, in, in addition of working hard that I was lucky, I hate that, you know, like, and, you know, so my goal in life was to help others, you know, who are not as so lucky so they can have a chance, you know, those people that I consider that are better than me, you know, who are like kinder than me, you know, those people should have a chance to aspire to what they want to be. So that was my goal before the 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 addiction took over. Mm. Be a better man than the man I was before. And while I was in rehab for the second time, I remember that and I was like, how can I help? Like, you know. And you came to mind, you know, you, your story, the podcast. I was like, now I can share my story because while we're talking, you and I. While we were talking, I didn't feel comfortable telling my story as an immigrant here while I'm suffering of addiction. So that's why I was dodging you, because yeah. you know. I remember, I I remember when you when you when you reached out to me and told me, and I was like, "Yeah, wow, that's uh, yeah." I, I really appreciated you telling me them because I was like, uh, "No, no, the immigrant community. It's not like I don't know people who have come across people who are." Addicted, and uh, we, it's not the, we, we, we don't start conversations that way. And you were just upfront, and I was like, Whoa, no, yeah, I'm I wear, I wear my recovery on my sleeves because like, I, have, you know, I have someone in the family, yeah, who's uh been through that, and it's he's never started a conversation. Yeah. That is still something that oh. <laughs> it's like we no. never, and you know, so that that's why I was like, You know, I really appreciated. That and I, that's why I was like, hey, first first thing there, like, hey man, I I'm there for you mm-hmm. always. I always support you, and you, you're like, even if you had reached out to me back then and you had mentioned it, mm-hmm. the the what what I would have said is maybe I'm not. I don't know how to bring the story. You know, I haven't figured out to make an episode yet. Because there's still some people whose episodes I've, I haven't figured out how to, because I'll try to tell each person's episode to uh, themselves. And I would have said, we'll work, we'll work on it. Yeah. We'll work on it. That's yeah. what I would say. You see. But uh, yeah, but uh, it, it's not something that I would have rejected you just because you you were, uh, you, you, you're, you're an addict. That, yeah. uh, nah, I would have said, nah, that, that's. Uh, I would the first thing I would have done was giving you give you a compliment yeah. because the honesty, the transparency is the, is the first thing that has to be commended mm-hmm. because there's too many of us we we you know especially uh, those of us from our background mm-hmm. uh, the way we 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 act like it's it's uh, we we are in, we are supposed to be invincible oh yeah and no, that's we, how we fall into this trap and we yeah. fall into. The, and then we now act like, oh, we are ashamed, and then we now can't c- come out and face it. Like, you know, me, I'm a veteran with disabilities. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I own up to it. I tell people that I'm on medication, mm-hmm. and 
you know, I remember I was on the, uh, another Nigerian's platform and the day I mentioned it, somebody attacked me. I I, I knew what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, so you have your, your PTSD, your, your, so you think you're making sense right now what you're saying? And I was like, huh, so you're the type who oh, makes other men afraid to come out yeah. and, you know, say anything mm -hmm. because you just start attacking. And you're attacking. But guess what that person is always trying to say? It's like Niger the Nigeria, the only, the only way Nigeria can get better is if we have nuclear weapon. <laughs> That's the only thing. Who's that guy, man? Like, like, who who do you hang out with? Man? You know, so I, 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 I was like interesting. But, you know, when we want to talk about issues that affect us, man, you, you want to start attacking the men. So, yeah. no, somewhere like that, I wouldn't allow him come near you mm -hmm. because he doesn't think he thinks all men are just super and he's the type who i i saw a weakness one day on the when he was on the platform and i could use that to attack him yeah but i just knew the type of person he was so no that type of person i'm not bringing him on my on my platform because oh, yeah. i know he's not he's not he's not transparent he's not legit so we don't need people like that here there are other platforms for them they should go there yeah they are not so, for for trolls but yeah. me i wear my sobriety on my sleeve because I, I'm not afraid of, you know, whoever wants to attack me. I was, I was, you know, mm, how to say it? Ridicule doesn't bother me much because I'm going to sound a little bit uh, arrogant, but I'm smarter and stronger than a lot of people. So. You are. So the you way put the truth out there, yeah, what can they I mean, use? The, they can't use anything. The 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 way I will always approach somebody who will make fun of me was, um, I'm smarter than him. I can make him feel stupid. If I cannot make him feel stupid, I can always beat his ass. So like, just knowing that was like, what am I wasting my time for? There you go. But but what I learned in rehab was that approach is condescending you know like mm. you don't need to feel like i have a feeling a little bit of superiority when i feel like that which sometimes that's why like i'm a person if i don't argue with you it's not that like you want the debate it's just i feel like you're too stupid for me my value my brother don't, so, don't waste your time yeah don't i'm like Whatever, like time. I don't. So, like me having, I'm not worrying about anyone attacking me on my sobriety. But you know what I learned is coming from an angle of compassion. Like when people attack you, sometimes they're suffering themselves. Yeah, I agree. And that's something that, like, I'm like, wow. Like that's an angle because. When even I wasn't reacting to the attack, but I was feeling myself, you know, I can beat them anytime. The side effect of that thought was I loved retaliation because retaliation is amazing. You get to hit that other person twice as hard mm. and still keep the moral high ground because you were hit first. So yeah. I was like, all right, come and provoke me. You will see. And what he started doing is when you get back at people, when you use vengeance and retaliation, most of the time it's not what that person did to you. You start like dealing punches or like, you know, for everything else that other people did to you. So yeah, for an example, for just fairness, it's not, but like once you... I, I got myself out of that mindset 
and I was like, oh, that person is attacking you. That's not necessary. They're not out there to get you. No. It's like they're suffering too. And it, I'm. It, it's like, to, sorry to interrupt you, but mm -hmm. it, you know what? It reminds me of the teachers that used to beat us when we were kids. Oh, yeah. Oof. You know? Yeah. It, it was not about what we did wrong when they would say, well, I'm giving you 12 strokes or. 30 strokes, whatever strokes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but, you know, especially when we will take the, absorb the flogging without moving and, we you know, without flinching. Mm -hmm. And the more you didn't move, the, the, more, they, the more they will increase the, the, the flogging. Yeah. And they started, but it was the frustration with, with their lives. Yeah. They took their frustration on you, mm -hmm. on us, the, the kids. Yeah. And that's all it was. That's all it was. I realized yeah. that, you know, because before, you know, I used to say when I graduate from school, I would come back and beat you. Because we could beat most of those <laughs> teachers. You know, we, we grew up to be bigger than them. Yeah. I knew I knew some students who grew up who, after graduating, they came back and beat some of the teachers. Some of my seniors did that. And, you know, with time, you start realizing, mm -hmm. you know, they, they were they, those guys hadn't been paid for, for months, for years. Yeah. How were they surviving? So it was us. They were taking out their frustration. Yeah, they, they, they can't they, go and beat the government. Mm -hmm. They can't go and beat the administrators. Yeah. <laughs> it's the children. They were, it's like, I'm not saying they were right for doing that, but yeah. that were the, were the scapegoats. And no. When, no. Once you realize that, you feel sorry for them. Yeah, exactly. You just That's, feel sorry just for them. It. I don't, I don't, I empathize with them. Yeah. I don't support what they yeah. did, mm -hmm. but I empathize with them. So when I, if I go back to Nigeria and I see some of them, they, they see me now, it's like they're greeting me like I'm their boss. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, you used to beat me back then. Yeah. I remember the beatings, but hey, you know what? I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> but you you, you you hit it on the nail. Like mm -hmm. once you realize that it wasn't of you, they're suffering, you you feel sorry for them. And you're like, man, this guy, man, yeah. he's just going to a rough man. And like, it's a different, it's, it's much better to think that way than, uh, you know, right now, for example, the job that I have right now, I work for in retail, you know, like I work like uh, in, in a retail company and I do their online order. So sometimes I go around with, you know, like shopping cart to get like the online, to get the online orders ready for, you know, for the customers. And I'm doing this job as a get well job because I don't want to go back to like the tech world while, you know, that's a job I got out, fresh out of rehab just okay. to, you know, to, to, because I don't want to make that kind of money yet before learning how to, you know, okay, handle. So like this is stop gap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just right. to manage and like learn how to like proper because sometime when you go back to that world right away, like, you see all that money you can have and that stuff you mm -hmm. can it, it trips some other people too so i was like i'm going to go to my outpatient program i'm going to have an easy work i'm going to do that for six months and then i'm going to reinsert myself to like you know what you degree integrate is. yourself yeah. back right. so what i'm doing this work in retail where sometimes when you walk around you hear the conversation like you know some I mean, so mother who, you know, cannot find like baby, the baby formula she wants. She's like angry. Now she starts because for those who work in retail, like the American consumer thinks that like they can like vent and like dump all their problem on people who retail. They yell, I want to call the Karens all like out in the world, you know, <laughs> like they're going like... Uh, they're going berserk in 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 the shops, and you know, like, how do you mean, like, no, this is not your. I want to see your manager, and sometimes when you walk around, you hear a little bit of the context, you know. 
Sometimes it's that woman that is that mother that like uh, who is doing everything at home and the husband is uh, with his friends watching sport, drinking beer. It's not, you know, she's yelling, I'm not going to BJ's. I'm not going there. I'm not coming back here. Like, you better get that, you know. Sometimes it's um, the uh, one significant other who feels like they're doing everything at home and they're like, oh, if I'm buying this, you're putting it together. You So you start getting context of yeah. what people... So when they come at you and they start yelling, like, at you, like... You, I'm, I'm more compassionate, you know. I'm like, okay, that person is they're not out there to get me. I understand, you know. Sometimes you have the true assholes that think they're like superior that you need to put in their place. That's true. But most of the time, it's people who are just frustrated with their life, and I don't know for what reason they think that it's okay to, to you know, dump, dump their whole problem on in the retail, you know, on the retail employees, but. Uh, but that's definitely something I'm grateful for that job is he taught me how, you know, the distinction. So now I can make the distinction between somebody who's frustrated because there's something else in their life and somebody who's just like plain, like mean, like, you know, who has like uh, bad intentions, who want to diminish you internationally. So, yeah. Last thing I'll say before I jump to um, final round of questions mm-hmm. uh i've worked in customer service and i don't think i've said this on the podcast before but actually i did retail in nigeria i did a lot of things in nigeria mm-hmm. but i did retail briefly for my elder sister and that was the um, I, yeah, I think it was a fair was it a fair or something yeah it was some event in Ibadan, western nigeria and yeah, you get treated. It's it's not a limited in America. Uh, you get treated like crap, <laughs> and uh, people. Who, I I lost money for that company. I was the first. I was a teenager. I was a teenager, and uh, I lost money for that because uh, there were it was it's, it's, some church members were the people that even made me lose money because mm-hmm. they took advantage of me. You know, use that church. Oh, you know, brother Raphael, brother Raphael. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then they still they were stealing. So that was like the welcome to customer service and then navy i did customer service and then after i got a navy i did some customer service via security and all that will help me with my customer service skills which i still use when i'm volunteering you know i do volunteer work mm-hmm. uh, in, in, uh, presently and when you are doing volunteer uh, when you're doing anything customer service you meet all kind of people and it helps like when I was in Texas working at uh, now it's Spectrum, but uh, then it was Time Warner Cable. You know, you meet all manner of people. And, you know, at, at customer service was uh, customer service center. That's like one of the, you know, it's like one of the worst places to work at because everybody's coming there to either fight over their bills, to fight over uh, I'm coming to cancel my my internet my customers my my cable. Uh-huh. Yeah, so a lot of people are just coming with that anger. Yeah. And once they walk into the building, I'm security. I'm still at my desk. I just say, good morning or good afternoon, sir, ma'am. That's the diffusion right there. Mm-hmm. I just smile and say that. Good morning or good afternoon or good evening. Because some, some just come in. And once you just say that, good morning, that greeting, and you smile. You just say that. Some people just start shaking like, oh, 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 good, yeah, good morning. 
Where, where, where? Are you customer service? Oh. And then you see the ones who are mad, who just, the ones who are, mm -hmm. Can you customer? Is there a return? No, no, no. You don't return here, but you go return over there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then they match there. Or they move outside, they just match. Some even walk past you and walk into the glass. <laughs> they, they, they won't see the glass. They just walk into the glass. Like they're so angry, they can't tell it's a glass. <laughs> You've seen all that. The guy who came to me one day, fought with the customer service, came to me. I was like, he wanted to report to FBI terrorism. I was like, terrorism? What? They're, okay, call this number. <laughs> call, call the FBI. He was mad with customer service, so he wanted to report them to FBI. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, it's Texas. You know, also, yeah, no, when they get too crazy, like, yeah. uh, I don't know who has a gun here, man. Yeah. So once you're leaving, I'm calling the police and giving your number. <laughs> but you you got you you know how to handle customers there because mm -hmm. everybody got guns there you know oh yeah no I, so I, I go I go to Houston a lot and Austin Texas yeah uh, people people uh, I, I was in uh, um um what's the town called again man it was close to Dallas so between Dallas and Fort Worth ah man I'm forgetting the name of this town but man the customer service uh, the, yeah I, I I made a lot of friends there though I made a lot of friends mm -hmm. but it was it was great it was great. <laughs> But I was glad when they moved me to the headquarters because <laughs> there were so many people who were, who were pissed. Oh my, my LinkedIn is still full of employees from there, yeah. uh, friends that I made, uh, a lot of the staff. And, oh, man, I, I was like, people people getting mad. Like, people coming there, like, they were pissed. And then by the time they're leaving, you see them just smiling and like, oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. You, you, you I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm not really a time one staff, but I'm yes. just, <laughs> just, I'm just security <laughs> here. That's funny. Ah. Oh boy. So, um, before you tell us about your podcast, you're gonna wrap up with your podcast. Yeah. Okay. I gotta ask some light questions. You know. Okay. Light question. You live in New York. We have we'll, we'll count Long Island. You know. You know <laughs> Long Island is New York. Oh, it's yeah, a own. I, it's a own. Oh, ecosystem for sure. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, throw, we'll throw shade at Long Island. You know? <laughs> oh, it's Brooklyn. Brooklyn has to throw shade at you guys. So, um, just because you are sober doesn't mean you don't have favorite food and drinks. Mm -hmm. Drinks that is not limited to alcohol only. So, yeah. So, when it comes to favorite food and drinks, being that you live in New York City, mm -hmm. Wait, do you have a favorite place to go to or do you have a favorite food? Oh man. Um so favorite place to go to uh let me think about it because uh but you can you also have the option of delivery. Uh, yeah, no, I mean You know you know what I just found out? What? My wife saw that um there's Either it's somebody from Syria alone or Ghanaian, or maybe it's the two people, the two countries together, has put some of our food on Fresh Direct. Wife orders from Fresh Direct. And mm. she got peanut soup, uh, goosey, and uh, ote, I forgot the, the third one. But it's like a small bowl, like one serving. Yeah. It came from Fresh Direct. I was like, what is this? What? You just have to make your meat or fish. I was like, what? And he said, uh, the peanut soup, he said it's Sierra food. I was like, well, well, since when? But um, you know what? I'll eat it. But, um, <laughs> oh my God. So, somebody got good business going oh on. God. I was like, whoa. You know, when, when, when it comes to food in New York, when I was, I was going to always, most of the time I will eat, um, 
uh, margons. Like I like Dominican food. Like you know, Sophie's margons. Those mm. places where like they give you a lot of food. Like you know, you can go to food coma right away. Yep. Uh, you know, like chicharron. Like you know, right Cuban. Like you know, um, uh, beef stew. Those heavy food. Uh, when it comes to drink, when I was drinking, my go-to was like tanker and tonic. But uh, that's something like you know I don't I don't miss at all. Like the advantage of not drinking anymore, beside the wallet, it's like you you don't need to worry about hangover obviously. But like also, like um, I was expecting something. You, you I, I'm surprised you didn't say what I was expecting. What? What you were you expecting? I was expecting a juice, so you missed it. A juice? Mm-hmm. Like uh. What juice? I'll give you a clue. You said it on your last um, episode of your podcast. What the, what the, uh, oh, ginger. Now like, you're talking. I, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, ginger is what I drink now. Yeah, I'm drinking ginger every like, now. If I, when I, because I was listening to it on my way, I was like, oh, I should have told you to bring, because you, you, you were going to come. I was like, oh, yes, you're going to pass. Oh, yeah, you, you have access to more ginger. I was like, oh, I should have told you to bring. One gallon of ginger from you. Yeah, no, yeah. I, now, now it's ginger and hibiscus. Those are yeah, all my ginger, favorite. Ginger, ginger and hibiscus. That, that, that's, my, that's my jam. Yeah, I need, I need, I need like a gallon of ginger. Yeah, ginger. I like, I like the strong ginger that 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 tickles. If, so, if my home girl who lives in Harlem, if she hadn't opened a daycare, <laughs> she hadn't opened a daycare. Oh man! Last time she was here, she brought twenty-five mm-hmm. liters of uh of uh what? No, 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 not twenty-five liters. Let me know. She, um, she was like uh, um, a gallon. She brought a gallon of ginger mm-hmm. juice. Yeah, I was like, girl, if you weren't married, if I had money, I could have made you my second wife, right? Yeah. Here. <laughs> Congolese. Oh my oh, god. She, she 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 used to do like um uh what do you call it? Like uh, she she used to do an exceptional dinner. She like mm-hmm. she host you a, a dinner experience. Oh, she 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 made great food. Food, but yeah. she, she her heart is more in the. Um, daycare side, say daycare side. Yeah, so, oh, you know, I respect people who like taking care of somebody else's kid, oh, especially yeah. that. Like, if if she was nearby, I would have yeah. put my kid there because yeah. she'll be speaking French, by yeah, now, and Lingala. In Lingala, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I want her to speak as many languages as possible. Yeah, that's yeah. The, I mean, kids when they're young, they they learn fast. They're like sponges, mm-hmm. like they absorb everything. Like how the how the heck do you know this? Yeah, the like, mo- the most important thing was that I would have been getting ginger juice at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> ginger juice. Oh too. yeah, because that ginger juice that she made. Oh, in this weather. Oh, all the sinus, everything have been gone. No, like that's what I love about ginger oh, too. Like everything I like, sinus. Oh, her husband, like, her husband is lucky. I'm so jealous of that guy. <laughs> Free ginger juice. Hey, oh, you you happily married. Man. Linda, I love you. Linda, I love you. Shout out to you. If you got ginger juice, just message me. Message me. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll come down to Harlem and collect it. All right. Um, you can't leave this podcast without this other question. Okay. Just because you are sober does mm-hmm. not mean you can't have fun. Mm-hmm. So, everybody who comes on this podcast, you're considered a dancer. So when it comes to dancing, mm-hmm. we need you to dance for one hour. You don't have to do it right now, but um, hopefully not. <laughs> you gotta. We need three artists, at least three mm-hmm. artists that can keep you dancing for an hour. Okay. So, so you you'll see my my taste are very eclectic. 
So oh, okay. I'm gonna go with uh, Whiskey. Oh my like, god! Okay, okay, stop, stop, stop. Let's wait, 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 wait. Let, let me let me rephrase the question again. <laughs> what do you you mean? cannot be giving answers that have already been given. Okay, we need you to give us three artists that can keep you dancing for at least one hour. Yeah. Now, since you are Togolese, Senegalese, you're gonna give us at least one from each side, and you cannot be giving us uh, the most popular artists from Nigeria. No, okay. Okay. You now know, go. No, okay. Let's let's tell you. Let's disclose something. I'm from Senegal, but I hate Mbala, which is Mbala is the music from Senegal. I don't like it. I never like it. Uh, when I was Senegalese, if uh, who, <laughs> like, are, who are not writing, <laughs> all the people typing emails and writing right now, I can give you Benny's email. Oh my so God! They're gonna come for you. Can you can cancel man. him. Don't cancel me. It's not me. I'm not. I love Senegalese. You know, I love even, all music. Y'all know me. Even even I love to rock to any music. So go and cancel Benny right now. I'll give you his Twitter even. Uh, go and cancel him on Twitter. Go and cancel him everywhere. Don't cancel me. I'm fine. You, you know what? Even you soon do, man. I cannot stand hey, you. Hey! Hey! Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I love Yusuf. I love, uh, you know, I'll I, I, I play, I, I play music. In fact, I'll play it right now. I'll play it right now. I'm sorry, you know, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't have money, so I'm, I can't play it right I'm now. Speaking, I'll play it I'm on Instagram. Maybe because I listened to it too much when I was a kid, but I'm into the Niger guy, Nigerian guys, like, you know, uh, Ice Spring. So if Nigeria like, is playing Senegal right now, you support Nigeria? No. Uh, I mean, uh, when it comes to music, okay. like the music is so, better. The Afro, Afrobeat Afro is much better than what we have. I'm sorry, man. Like, you know, Look. Azonto and stuff. Like, I, I listen to that. Who's Azonto? Who's Azonto? Mm -hmm. Like, Azonto music, you know, like uh, the dance, like, you know, dancing Azonto. That's Ghanaian. Yeah, that's Ghanaian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give us an artist. That's no, that's no, we don't know. Okay, so. An artist. Uh, uh, if you had even mentioned M MHD, would I forgiven you? Even though that MHD from France, I said if you had mentioned that, would I forgiven you? I mean, MHD like yeah, like uh, would I forgiven you? MHG, but Malian uh, had mentioned that, so would I. No, no, no. Yeah, MHD, but MHD lives in France. He's, he he's also like you know, like the French side of Coupe de Calais is pretty cool too. But you you are mentioning Nigerians. I'm like, give us. I don't know. That's what, yeah, no, nobody from uh, Togo. No, I don't listen. Like no, like ah, the music discrimination. Of the no, <laughs> look at this discrimination right here. Elon Musk. Let's call it Elon Musk. Come and carry this guy. No, Elon Musk. Come and carry. Come and carry him. I don't need. I don't need Elon to call me. Elon, Elon Musk. Come and carry you. I mean, like I love. I love. I love like Afrobeat music, man. When ah. it comes to Dami Duro, like Manuel Adebayo is doing, like is clapping and like chai, like. What is this? No, man. What is this? No, like you fear you fear Togolese people. Uh El Haji Diof is like, who are you? No. Hey, hey, one thing, one thing though, like Bar Mal, who did the score for the two um uh My Black Black Panther. My man. Like he that's just shout out to him. Like, you know, like the okay. music we'll, we'll, the we'll, first we'll, we'll, we'll save you with that. We'll save you with that. <laughs> the first no, the first Black Panther way they open on Baal song when you know they're talking when he's talking to his father. I felt I was like, holy moly, this is Bama. I know that song, you know. And that's when I felt like the power of representation, you know, what it, it means. Because 
I remember the argument when Black Panther came out. Like the first Black Panther was like, oh, like from the. Oh, from, oh wait, 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 wait. This, this like Patreon special. Yeah. That's a Patreon special right there. We're not gonna give everybody this. This is this, this too much. Okay. All right. This all right. All right. All right. All right. Give yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody. So no, we're gonna save that. Good. Good. Keep. Keep. Remind me that that's Patreon special right okay. there because I, I I forgot to do my Wakanda forever recording so I need okay. to record that so if you want to listen to that join on Patreon <laughs> I think I'll, I'll I'll make I'll give you put that one as a free sample yeah, free sample <laughs> you see that one but yeah but thank you for reminding me about that okay yeah Bam so Bamal will be yo know, that's the only one I'll give you I'll add M M you know what I'll just fill it off for you MHD I'll add MHD MHD all right. Who, who, anyone else? Who, I'll give you one, uh, one from uh, since you don't want anybody from your two countries. One from uh, South Africa, Amapiano. Uh, who from Amapiano? DJ, um, what's that? DJ G. Black Coffee. No, oh, not no. Black Coffee. I love Black Coffee. Though. Yeah, I love. So Black Coffee was gonna be my second okay. for like the deep house scene. I can't. I can't remember the other Black. Uh, the other DJ, but Black Coffee. All right. I've gone way over time. This, but this will be. This since this is the first official recording of 2023. Everybody will get a long episode. You guys get a bonus episode for the year. So, um, please plug in. No, no. Before I get the plugin, wait, 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 wait. You see, I'm, 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 I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm warm. I'm, you know, this is the first time in the studio in 2023. So you know, I'm, I'm getting back into the game. But it's all good. It's all good. Um, one last thing that you would like to leave the audience with before we get into the plugins. Okay. Go. Uh, something before the podcast, talking about the, or can I just talk about the podcast? Uh, you, you can, well, if you want to merge it with the plugins, then we can Oh, uh, yeah. That. So basically what I want to say is while I was in, in a rehabilitation inpatient, I noticed that not enough of our brother and sisters from not only black people, African descent, but minorities are represented. Like we all drink. We all have feelings, all have emotions. I don't know what my Asian brothers are doing. I don't know what my Indian brothers are doing to, you know, solve that. But like, it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to use the word funny, but it's strange that, the rooms of, you know, recovery, of rehabilitation are not, um, are not depicting, are not like, uh, are not uh, reflecting the demographic of the people who drink. Because when you go to a bar, you see people from all, like, life, work of life, from all ethnicities. But when you go to the room of recovery, it's very different. And I wonder, it makes me wonder what those people do. Are they suffering on silence? Do they have their own way of recovering? You know, and what I want to say is like, don't be afraid. Go up to the room. Like if you're suffering from addiction, go, go to rehab, come to the room. Like, you know, don't, don't, don't because you are a minority or like an immigrant, don't bury it because I know there are like so many families who have like secretly people who are dealing with addiction, but because of the stigma of being an immigrant or like, you know, they're thinking about who's going to say what, who, how they're going to be perceived by the community. Forget about it. You know, what matters is your health. So I would say come to the rooms, 
go to therapy, like go to therapy, like go to therapy, like go, just go. Don't don't forget about what your community will say. Like your life is more important than what your community you say. Like one thing, one more thing. Like people, I notice in this society, especially in America, all love to be defined by the community they belong to, and sometimes it plays against to their detriment. You know. And like I said, like because I was I was surprised that not to see like sure you have couple black people mostly white but the rooms of rehabilitation stuff are not are not are not uh, representative of the demographic of people who are so you know to to the minorities out there suffering and to people in general but especially to the minorities out there suffering please like seek help don't worry about what your community will say. All right, and where can they find your podcast? There ways to have uh, to redemption. Sorry, yeah. I know a lot of people think there because you know <laughs> I inspire myself from it too. You know I know the song, but Stairway to Redemption is a podcast about recovery and addiction. Uh, you can find it uh, online at Stairway www.stairwaytoredemption.com. But we are also on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Casts. Uh, what's the Amazon one? Like we are everywhere. And follow us also on social media at Stairway to Redemption on uh, on Instagram. Uh, we are also on TikTok at Stairway to Redemption. Uh, there's one thing that I do. I read the Daily Stoic. I'm really into Stoicism lately, which uh, for those who don't know, Stoicism is uh, a school of thought of philosophy about dealing with adversity. Basically, uh, how not to be frustrated with the things that are out, out of our control and how to manage and turn the energy of the things that we are. Because no matter what happens, even if you're newly sober, uh, adversity is going to always come toward you. Uh, sometimes you have no control on what's going to happen to you sometimes, but you can always control how you react to it. So stoicism is a tool of, of learning that tend uh, that uh, that thought process, and I read the Daily Stoic from a book. Uh, follow us on social media, and you can hear my voice every day. I don't know if it's a good thing, but it is great. It yeah. is great. Trust me on that. So, once again, Mbana for coming on the show. Thank you. And to everyone listening, please go out there and support Benny. And uh, it's a great podcast. I learn a lot and. Uh, Yes, it, it's, it's highly recommended. And don't only just listen, give him five stars and write an awesome review mm-hmm. and keep supporting this brother and, you know, encouraging him on the great and awesome work that he's doing. And also support us. Keep the love coming in. Share our podcast. And, hey, we need the money. Uh, I need to go to uh, Cote d'Ivoire in January 2024 for the African Cup of Nations for more content for you guys. And I need a new laptop too and a whole bunch of other good stuff. Um, Thank you for the privilege of your company. I'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American 
Thank you for your support.